Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane. And today I'm doing something new. I've never had two guests with me ever on the podcast before. And I've got two. So we're going to get double the information. So please welcome Randy McDonald and Christine Morse into the fast lane today. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having us, Sarah. Yes. Yeah, so you guys, you both, here's how I found um, these people. I was reading through the paper at my mom's house back in September, and she had an article, and it was about Together with Veterans. And so I read the article, and Together with Veterans is a community-based suicide prevention program for rural veterans. It involves partnering with rural veterans and their communities to implement community-based suicide prevention. And I loved this. The reason being there is such a stigma regarding mental health, which drives me crazy. Like I, it bothers me how this has to be such a taboo topic. And I'd absolutely love that you two have spearheaded this. And it looks like there's only 30 branches in the whole United States. That's Randy, the way it's like- advertised to us. Yeah. It's a, it, so we were approached, I was approached early, probably this time last year to attempt to spearhead something like this in my house. We'll be the only branch of this organization in North Dakota. Wow. And, um, you know, it, our early efforts didn't go well. And then we had to go, or we had to reapproach this in right around the August time frame. And uh, we had a little better traction around the August time frame. We were able to uh, build a following and build a build supporters and uh, people that interact with us. And it's, it's been a relatively successful uh, venture so far. So how did you two each get involved? So Randy, first of all, why were you contacted to spearhead this? What is your involvement? So um, I would say probably September of 2019, I wrote a letter to um, CARES in the and CARES India is a uh, it's a veteran group that focuses on veteran welfare inside North Dakota, and they they cover a variety of different topics. But some of the things that I noticed that were lacking were uh, you know we have VA representatives and we have uh, mental health professionals that are available, but one of the things I noticed was everybody that I, all the veterans that I deal with. Um, spoke about similar topics, uh, lack of connectivity, lack of community, lack of a sense of purpose, things of those natures. And it, it really drove me to write a letter about what are we doing to address these, these needs in this community. And so um, after some give and take with these folks, uh, I thought they'd heard my voice and we moved on. What happened was they forwarded my interests my thoughts to a community or to a uh, this organization branching out of Atlanta, or they're based out of Atlanta, and they said uh, we would love for you to try to build a chapter. You know, we're we're going to give you the resources, we're going to give you our our help, we're going to help fund you, but we really are focused on uh, rural veteran suicide. And around the same time they contacted me was around the same time that a peer of mine, a peer of mine and Christine, uh, took his own life. 
And you are a veteran. What? You re yeah, repeat that one. You cut out for one second. Oh, I'm sorry. I uh, I did 20 years in the Air Force. Awesome. Well, th thank you for your service. And I think that is great that you took the initiative and then they reached out to do this. And Christine, what is your background and how did you get involved in this? So I got involved because Randy and I actually used to work together. We were both active duty together. And Randy reached out to me um, shortly after our coworker um, lost his battle against mental health. I feel like that's what it really is, you know? Um, and uh, I am a producer for a TV state or um, like a a production company and so like kind of doing the administrative side of things is is like my my bread and butter <laughs> and oh. so when Randy and I kind of were talking about this I was like I really want to help out and this is what I'm good at um you know the organizing kind of like doing that kind of the, that side of things and so um I love the fact that I'm able to help out um do the paperwork for a lack of a better term, um, and really support what Together with Veterans is, is doing. Um, I am a military brat, and so the military has been part of my life, my entire life. Um, I served for six years, got out in 2013, which it feels weird to say that because that was nine years ago. Um, but so the military has just always been part of my life. I've seen um, the struggles that military members have had to face. My dad was active duty. My two of my four brothers were active duty. Um, and it's something that is kind of like near and dear to my heart. And so um, I just really want to give back to the military community as much as possible, not just the active duty guys, but the veterans, because for some reason, um, Randy and I have kind of talked about this, a few of the other people and I've talked about this, it, we seem to think as active duty or as, as veterans that we're tougher than we, you know, like we need to be tougher than the average person. And I don't think that that is right. Like we shouldn't have to cover up the fact that we're struggling with something, whatever the case is, mm -hmm. um, just because we were military or we are military, you know, like that doesn't negate us from actually having struggles ourselves. And so, I mean, we wouldn't stop if we had a cold, like we wouldn't not go to the doctor. Like, why are we not talking about our own mental health? Um, and so it was just when Randy brought it up to me, um, it was just something that I felt was not necessarily my responsibility, I guess, but um, just something that like really pricked at my heart. Um, so yeah, that's how I got involved with this. Thank you for your service as well. And when you both were, let's start with just when you're active duty, did you notice a lot of mental health problems among your peers at that time? For me, you know, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> okay. How about from now on? I, so Randy's on the phone, so he can't see us. So, yeah. you know, yeah. from now on, I will make sure that I will direct it at someone that is okay, on sorry. me. I apologize. So Christine, you start, you go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that for me, I, Randy and I worked in a, we were in a maintenance career field. And so it was a male dominated career field. 
and I'm not trying to be like, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, I'm not trying to stereotype men, <laughs> but guys tend to hold that in far more and not share it the way that we women do. Um, I think that, so the few girls, women, females, uh, whatever term you want to use, um, that I did work with, we were open, we kind of talked about it, but I think that the guys that I worked with did not share with me. Um, you know, there were a couple of guys that ended up going through divorce during the time that I was active duty with them. And even that they were like, oh, I'm fine. I'm thinking to myself, you're not fine. You're going through a divorce. <laughs> your yeah. marriage is ending and your children are moving away. You cannot be fine. And so um, even then the guys did not want to really share. Again, I'm not trying to stereotype, stereotype men saying that they don't do that, but that was at least my experience with the guys that I worked with. And Randy, what did you see? I saw a couple of different levels of this. The first level of it being that um, some of the members that I I worked with saw mental health as a something that could have negative impact on their career. Mm-hmm. So, and and it's not always that you would go to seek someone for mental health treatment and they would ruin your career. The idea that you would be taken out of your primary duty, therefore you're taken out of consideration of promotion or that you're not from, uh, competing against your peers in the most effective manner for the upcoming promotion. That's kind of how um, mental health is viewed in the eyes of the, the maintenance career that we worked in. Um, depending on the, your occupation within the military, it is that kind of dictates the varying views of mental health. And since the vast majority of the military, um, they have, I won't say the majority, of I guess the, there is a larger population that kind of lives in an echo chamber where the same thought processes are just bounce to one another without really fact checking what it actually does. So there's that aspect of it. There's the aspect of that we're warriors as well. So to Christine's point, we viewed ourselves as tougher than normal people. Uh, the, the civilians, our counterparts, and we were supposed to be tougher. We were supposed to be in areas away from our families for extended periods of time. We were supposed to be able to handle uh, extreme circumstances in many situations. You know, whenever I say veteran, I don't just mean Air Force veterans. There are circumstances in which uh, other branches of the service literally see friends and colleagues killed in front of them uh, or dismembered, or they see atrocities. And I read an article recently that suggested that the mental health professionals that are on the front line with these men and women, um, they are war fighters first and mental health professionals second, meaning that in some cases, these mental health professionals are seeing the same atrocities and seeing the same uh, dismemberment and uh, loss of life that 
the people that they're trying to tend to are. They're, they're, they're seeing the same thing. So um, while they're seeing this, if you're in a, a compromised mental capacity as well, you can't provide the right type of services that someone would need. You need them yourself. So it's, it's kind of the analogy of if your aircraft is going down and you, put, uh, you have to put on your own uh, oxygen mask first because you're no use to anyone else if you aren't uh, providing for yourself. So that's kind of how I see the uh, mental health professionals and how they're how they're viewed, how they're um, how they're interacted with, and while I was, I'm told that a lot of a lot of times in the newer generation, it's a lot more acceptable now to go see uh, someone to help you overcome a hurdle, overcome personal tragedy, something at work, something that's giving you uh, that's compromised your mental health. It's a lot more acceptable now as opposed to even five years ago, six years ago. That certainly whenever I was in. So that's good to know. But the veterans that we're talking about are veterans that live in rural North Dakota. That especially now during COVID, whenever a lot of meetings, especially meetings like this, meetings with your mental health professional, they're going to be online. Mm-hmm. So, access to them, it's really just confusion about how to get the access, it's um, confusion who do you talk to, um, what purpose can they possibly serve, it's misunderstanding what a mental health professional does. These are kind of the things that I see now. I like how you said that the newer generation is more accepting of this and here's a reason this you guys stuck out to me i have not been no one in my family has taken their life my dad was a highway patrolman for almost 30 years and i know that he came upon some things that he won't forget he was also in the military he was never in battle but i know there's things that he would probably I'd say have nightmares about right things that he saw and at that time there wasn't any type of help to you know you just got over it you just had to deal with it and you moved on with life which thinking about finding someone that you know that is deceased that is traumatic seeing someone dismembered seeing someone in front of you you know that died one of your friends really right because when you're when you when you guys isn't it like a family your unit isn't it yeah. more like a family? Yeah. It so, can feel that way at times. Uh, one of the ways that I've always felt is whenever I, uh, whenever I was overseas, whenever we're deployed, we're away from family, you have to rely on each other for entertainment, for, yeah. uh, for connectivity, for um, professionalism. You know, there's, there's many levels to it. So it can feel like a family in many different times. So then if you're over there, first of all, you take you out of your natural element and you put you, you, you deploy you. So that alone, I would think would be mentally stressing. And then if something were to happen and one of 
your family members, your unit members, something happens to them, that alone has to be extremely toxic to you, to your brain and to your mental health. So Christine, what, what do you guys do? How can you help people? So for Together with Veterans, our goal is to reach out to, and Randy, please correct me if I misspeak on this. Um, our goal is to reach out to rural veterans to give them a safe place to come, um, to talk to somebody. We, um, within our steering committee, there's only a few members that are like really part of our steering committee, which is our like our core group. Um, we meet a couple of times a month. Um, and uh, we are all getting trained on different um, practices in, in speaking with people um, when it comes to like uh, suicide prevention. I am not a person who has the education in the background to like really talk to somebody, um, but we're getting training um, with through Together With Veterans. And our goal is to be able to reach those who feel like they don't have anywhere else to go. Um, so we have meetings um, and the meetings that we have are not just, you know, lately because we're still fairly new, um, you know, we're getting things organized, that kind of thing. But if somebody, we've had somebody come in, one of our very first meetings, she came in and um, she talked about a family member who had taken his life and she herself was not a veteran, um, but her, her family member was. And the entire meeting was like very much that kind of a conversation. Um, and that's what we want to do. We want to be able to open that door for a conversation. Um, so if there are veterans who need to talk to somebody, we have that, that space available. Um, and, and that's our goal is to be able to just reach those veterans and give them also the resources because maybe we can't, we are not the end all be all obviously <laughs> um, of, of this. And so we are also compiling resources. The people that are within our group so far are mental health advisors, are um, uh, health advisors, physical. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but um, we have like people within the hospital, the clinic, mental health, um, just a bunch of different areas. And so we're getting those resources actually gathered together as well um, to be able to provide for the veterans who are in need. And sometimes when it comes to somebody, and this is my very small knowledge of information, um, when you are at that point where you're thinking about suicide, you're kind of thinking there's no point to you. And so we are also wanting to give people a point and we're trying to reach them and build that community that I know that they had when they were active duty. I know for me personally, um, being raised in the military and then being active duty, once I was out, it felt very, I felt very secluded. Um, even though I was part of a, a church community and I was going to college, like I still felt very secluded because nobody else understood what I had gone through. Um, and I have never, I, de I deployed to Guam, but I never saw combat. Um, but it was still an aspect of my life that was such a huge aspect of my life that I didn't have anybody else that understood. And so we're also trying to reach our rural veterans to let them know they have people that they can contact. We are that community that they can reach out to and we understand what they've been through. Mm -hmm. And what about, Randy, what about the people like me who I am not a veteran, uh, but what can I do or anyone listening do to help? 
I'm glad you asked that because this is one of the things. I used to run a nonprofit in the area, and it's something that I wasn't aware of before I started this nonprofit. And there are typically three ways a person can uh, help nonprofits, and that's with time, money, and resources. And so while we're focused on veteran suicide, right, rural veteran suicide, that means that how it impacts the community. So our ultimate goal is to end portal veteran suicide or impact it in a manner where it reduces it greatly. Um, so that's going to take a lot of outreach. That's going to take a lot of ideas. It's going to take a lot of resources. So currently we're talking, we're in discussion of how do we impact somebody that doesn't want to leave their house? How do we get them out of the house and get them engaged with us. And it brought me to an idea, and I think that I say me, but it brought us to an idea that maybe we should create a sense of community again for them. Because a lot of times, like I said earlier, one of the things that a veteran loses whenever they leave the military is that sense of camaraderie and that sense of purpose. Well, we've got a couple ideas that's brewing right now. One of the ideas um, and I believe in not reinventing the wheel here. So one of the ideas is um, being a resource to the community as a group. So one of the things that we saw suggested that we interact with uh, other service groups, other service clubs, people that deal with um, those in need, uh, the services that deal with those in need, and find out if there's kids in our area that sleep without beds and then do something about that. So the, the nonprofit I saw in San Diego built beds for kids without beds. So if we're looking for a sense of purpose, if we're looking for a sense of community, veterans talk to other veterans about mental health more than they talk to um, mental health professionals. Mm-hmm. And that's where the conversation starts. It's not where we end, it's where it starts. So our hope is, is that once we start building this area where we give them care, we provide a sense of community here, provide a sense of camaraderie again. You're engaged with a group that's providing positive services to the community, then you start opening up a hair. Now you're feeling a little bit more comfortable with the people that you're surrounded with. And as you start these conversations, well, we're just like Christine mentioned, we're taking training. Um, I'm currently finishing up my master's in mental health counseling as we speak. So I'm, you know, I've got some training in this. I'm not there yet, but I've got some. And uh, we've got BSOs, we've got veteran service officers, we've got um, a lot of service members themselves, we've got pharmacists, we've got community members. We've got veterans who have recently thought about the act of suicide. Um, so they recognize the signs within themselves. There are a variety of different ways you can give. If you don't have a lot of time, then donate resources or donate money. So this way we can buy the material we need to make the beds for the kids without beds. Um, if you have resources, like if you have a connection to uh, a hardware store in town or people with resources or people 
that have time to give to something to build a nonprofit like this. There are a million different ways, and the first step is to just contact us. Um, each contact us on our, our Facebook page, and it's together with veterans in Minot. Contact us, send us a message, Let's leave a message on our page, and say you want to be involved. And we'll, we're pretty good. It's normally Christine or myself that are answering. Um, and we're going to respond. We're going to tell you when the next meeting is. Christine mentioned earlier, we're in the process of building this organization right now. So I've noticed that a lot of people that, that are engaged with us initially have backed out because they're they're not interested in, in the development of a nonprofit. They're in the they're interested in the actions of the nonprofit. And I understand that that you know everybody has their specialty and Mine happens to be, uh, I've got pretty good connections with the nonprofit community in Minot and writing bylaws and writing policies and procedures, and that's kind of my strength. So I'm comfortable doing this. I can tell you, however, I'm not the most handy person in the world, so I need people who are, who are handy, who can build these bunk beds and can uh, understand schematics of a diagram to build bunk beds. So, you know, if we've got those people out there, then come on out and give us a hand. Help us build this thing. Help us impact people that need our help. So at the current time, you guys are building beds for community kids? No, not right now. Uh, okay. That's a, that's a long-distance plan for now. Okay. So that's kind of our overall how we how we plan on impacting. So if we, if we were asked, kind of like you're asking, how do we plan on impacting rural veteran suicide? Yes. That's a pretty broad question. So we better have a plan of how to answer that. Yep. So the plan is we build a sense of community. We build a sense of purpose. We put that in action. We hope that the veterans that are involved with us feel that sense of community, feel that sense of purpose, and then stay engaged with us. The longer they stay engaged with us, the more likely it is that they're opening up to a peer, to a, a steering committee member, to Christine or myself, about their struggles with mental health. And each person that's going to volunteer here is going to have resources available to them to say, you know, I understand and I appreciate what you're saying. Maybe you need to talk to someone about mental health and then provide them resources with where to look. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. I was just making oh. sure I, I, you know, I could put out a calling all carpenters because we need some camaraderie <laughs> here. So just, you know, you just let me know when you want me to spread that word. I, I think that this is great. Um, I think it's wonderful that you guys have set this up and that you are working on this. And I'm sad that you lost one of your peers to this, but for all the other lives that you're affecting, just, Thank you for all that you're doing. Well, thank, well, thank you. you for giving us a chance yeah. to, to speak about this. And I will post any resources. Uh, I have your Facebook page open at this point. I'm going to share your Facebook page. And if there's any other ways that you can be contacted or any anything information-wise that you want to share, uh, we will link that to this podcast. And I know a lot of veterans, and I think that 
they would be interested in joining a community like this because you do, you have a bond that other people don't have, but that doesn't mean that other people can't help and, and join in these activities as well. Well, the upside exactly. to the upside to this kind of an area, like the Minot area, not just Minot, but like the surrounding areas is that like, we are a military town, like a military community. And yep. so like, even if you are not active duty or you're not related to somebody active duty, you know somebody who is active duty or was like, yep. that's just a fact of life. It is, <laughs> which so, is good. Yes, yeah. It's, you can't throw a rock in this area without hitting somebody who has like somehow served. That's true. No, so. that's good. Any last thoughts from either one of you? Well, we'll let's do this. <laughs> Any last thoughts from Christine before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I think that we are good. Thank you, Sarah, so much for just wanting to talk about this and bring light to this. Because you said like you're not military and you're not related. So it, it means a lot to us that you wanted to bring this up, that you wanted to talk about this. And so it's it's just kind of nice to see, again, how that community, like how this community, this part of mm -hmm this part of the country is really cool <laughs> from the Midwest. And I'm just seeing like the sense of community that is wanting to be built here. And so it's really awesome. So thank you for that, Sarah. Yes. I love that I can help. And Randy, what are your last thoughts? And my last thoughts, again, I, I couldn't agree with Christine more on this. Uh, I really appreciate that you took the time to talk to us about this. It, it means a lot. It means a lot to the veteran community. Um, you know, I, I think I, I want to handle this. They say uh, as we're um, as we're training on building this program, one of our our guiding forces has decided or let us in on a, the kind of the mission, right? The the thought process behind the mission, if you will. And the thought process was uh, beginning back in the '60s. They were talking about how cancer was a taboo word and how people with cancer kind of suffered in silence. Yeah. And if they look at cancer now, and it's openly talked about, it's openly discussed, because we're openly discussing this, that uh, efforts are being made, greater efforts are being made in attempts to uh, battle cancer. We want to make it the same for mental health awareness, for suicide. If you're struggling with thoughts of suicide, if you're struggling with, uh, if you're a survivor of suicide, or if you're a spouse or a family member or a friend or know someone who is struggling, we invite you to come out. We encourage you to be involved. There are a thousand different ways you can help. We're not sure where your strengths lie. However, we will find a place for you within our organization. This is something you're passionate about. And again, Sarah, thank you so much for letting us have this conversation today. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.